Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to Girl on Fire podcast on the Believe Network, New York's number one podcast network for personal growth. Hey everyone, it's me, Kirsten Franklin, and I'm super excited to be able to bring you this offer. Uh, As many of you know, I've spent the last 10 years studying human behavior, the psychology of high performers, writing, coaching, training, right? Literally at the top levels on topics such as motivation, focus, productivity, confidence, overcoming fears, leadership, and so much more. I was really inspired by my own personal journey. As some of you might know, I went from being a homeless single parent, turned into a parent overworking, right? 16-hour days plus weekends and really turning it all around in about two months and working a four-hour day, no weekends, really learning how to build a profitable business that doesn't require me to be in it every day, and it was really incredible. The change was amazing. I was able to help you know, more people while making more money and yet having more time, more than enough time to spend with friends and family and do what I wanted. Um, and my goal is to really help you do the same. I don't just teach you what worked for me, but what's worked for hundreds of my clients. And I'm opening up right now my weekly coaching group to all of you. Now, this is only for the people here in either Thrive Tribe or who follow my podcast. Okay. Um, The seats are limited. I only have 50 seats open. That's between both groups. So once they're full, they're full. And that's not a marketing ploy. I'm just letting you know ahead of time so that you can make your decision from your highest and best self what's right for you. Okay. Right now, I'm only charging $150 per month. Google. It's unheard of. Nowhere will you get four hourly or more sessions a month for $150 total, okay? Most of the lowest end coaches charge $150 an hour, okay? You guys know I don't play in that space. I charge $3,000 an hour. So if you are wanting to work with me and you have always felt like you couldn't afford it, this is your chance. And it will likely move quickly because again, there's only 50 seats in there, okay? So if you wanna go to another level in your personal development, your business, your life this month, Be sure to join me live weekly in my coaching program. And again, this is live and it's weekly, right? This is not something where you're going to go buy a video, stare at it, and maybe take action. This is live and it's weekly and it's small group so that you get your opportunity to be heard and have your your questions answered, okay? And I know you know that expert guidance, real consistency, and inspiring community are critical to your growth. So this is your chance to work with me live every week. And because you're a part of this group, you're getting it at a fraction of the cost. If you're part of the group or you're following the podcast, all right? And you know, if you're really looking to enter 2021 as that 2.0 version of yourself, right? That kick butt, unfuckwithable version of you and your business, right? Then it's time to level up. Take back your year. Take back your business. Take back your life. Find that focus. Gain that confidence. Get that high level of productivity set in there and really feel what it feels like to live a high vibrational life. Go to the link below and let me be your coach and I would be super excited to see you on the inside. All right, guys, on this week's episode, we have a veteran political journalist 
who was who is a reporter for the Wall Street Journal. Uh, she previously wrote a nationally syndicated or wrote for a nationally syndicated op-ed uh, column for Newsday, and she's won more than twenty-five writing and reporting awards. Uh, she's been twice named columnist of the year by the new uh, the New York News um, and. Uh, the New York State Associated Press Association. Okay, that was a really long one. Um, <laughs> she is the author of the wildly popular book, Why They Stay. And this is ex- a book exploring the motivation and sort of reasoning behind why political wives might stay with their husbands after they cheat. So please welcome Anne Rashad. Welcome, Anne. Thank you, Kirsten. Happy to be here. Happy to have you here. Now, you and I have talked in the past, but, you know, you're obviously new to the audience. You know, I'm just going to dive right in. Forget about your background. Forget about all that. It was laid out there in the intro. I want to talk to you and ask you, what was the motivation for you to write this book, Why They Stay? Well, I started a while ago. I started in 2013, and um, it appeared that Hillary Clinton was going to run for president. And... Um, I thought there was always still a question in people's minds about why she stayed with her husband. Um, so we timed it to publish around the um, election. And then when um, Donald Trump was elected, we had to go back and edit a little bit. But anyway, that was the motivation. I don't have a crystal ball, but I can tell you the two candidates in the 2020 presidential race President Donald Trump for the Republican I'm sorry about that. (laughs) That's Alexa, and my daughter is unplugging it now. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yes. (laughs) Welcome to the future. Uh, I love it. Okay. So, in this book, um, you know, you had actually discovered five traits in common with the first of all, why don't you tell us the women you actually studied in the book? Uh, that you sort of use as examples. And then let's jump into the five traits that you kind of found in common about, you know, why they might have stayed in their relationships after, you know, some infidelity was uncovered. Yeah. um, Well, I, I approached it really as very journalistically. That's my background, my training. So I, I went and looked at the backgrounds of all these people. I chose nine couples, um, Eleanor and Franklin Roosevelt Jackie and Jack Kennedy, Valerie Hobson and Jack Perfumo. Um, he was sort of the Jack Kennedy of England okay. um, in the early 60s. He's a very charismatic guy and, and um, fast rising and young. Um, Marion Stein and Jeremy Thorpe. Um, he, those were a couple in the um, 70s in England. Um, Hillary and Bill Clinton. Gila and Moshe Katsav, he was president of um, Israel. Mm-hmm. And Wendy and David Vitter, he, not everyone's familiar with him. He was a senator from Louisiana. Okay. And uh, Silda Wallen, Elliot Spitzer, Huma Abedin, and Anthony Weiner. Okay. Got some recent, recent, uh, more recent people in there. <laughs> so talk to me about the five mm-hmm. traits in common that you sort of uncovered within these women. Sure. Um, I looked at their histories, their backgrounds, like how they were raised and what assumptions they um, had when they were growing up. And um, I found that what one thing they had in common was they um, believed in 
and by their upbringing, uh, patriarchal tradition. Um, there was something in their lives that made them seek emotional or financial security or both. Um, they had a personal sense of patriotism, meaning they wanted uh, something better for their country or their state. Mm. Um, they felt responsible for the family's emotional health. Mm. And they were concerned for a legacy that they could um, live out and bequeath to their children. Interesting. Okay. Okay. And tell me, if I were to read this book, what would be the sort of big thing you would hope that I would take away from this? What would be the big sort of aha? Well, I think um, what I tried to show, I ended up um, taking a personality from medieval England, 1400s, um, named Elizabeth Woodville, who she also used marriage to further her career and her family and her fortunes. And um, she um, established the Tudor dynasty with um, another woman who's uh, their son and their daughter married each other. And and they were uh, responsible for the reign of King Henry VIII and and, uh, Elizabeth I, a lot of English history. But this woman, Elizabeth Woodville, she was a commoner and um, I contrasted her with the modern day women because I feel as though we have so much more power now to uh, be um, uh, financially independent and emotionally. And uh, um, it seemed to me that the women I profiled were sort of still using this old archetype of, of how to get ahead and build a life. Interesting. Okay. And let me ask you this very unjournalistically. What is your particular opinion, if you have one, on how to operate if a significant other cheats on you? Is it something that you think is reparable? Is it something that you think is irreparable? Like it has, you have to leave. Is there any opinion of that sort from you, (laughs) unjournalistically, (laughs) um, after having read all this and after having researched all of this? Um, I think that it's, it's fair to say that women should make their own choices in a marriage. And I know Hillary Clinton's made that point a number of times, but I also think that if you're in politics and if you're in the public light, Mm -hmm. um, that you have more of a responsibility to live up to um, an ideal of, of setting um, an example for, for other people. And um, I think you do see an acknowledgement of that from these um, political couples. They would, um, for example, you know, Elliot Spitzer got up at the podium with Zilda behind him and apologized and, and that sort of thing. And it's, it's, you know, a sense of responsibility to the electorate that I think doesn't really, it doesn't play out in, in personal, you know, relationships. I think if it happened to me, I don't know. I don't know what I'd do. You know, I really think that that's the sort of thing you have to go through before you know, um, and before you know how you'd feel. And I'm not sure I'm arrogant enough to say I can put myself in those shoes without having been through it. Right. Right. For sure. 
So what's next? What's sort of next on the horizon for, for you? Journalistically, obviously, you're still with the Wall Street Journal. Um, what else is on the horizon for you? Well, I'm, I've written a chapter about the um, Trumps, Melania and Donald, and um, that will be coming out in a second edition book in, uh, after the election. And um, that was a real revelation to me, that, that chapter. It took me a long time to get wrap my mind around it because I don't think you saw the same sort of um, necessity on the part of the couple to um, explain themselves to the public the right. way you saw with previous political couples. I mean, they really sort of saw themselves as... as um, as as needing to to check back and make sure that they you know their lives were an open book in a sense and um that they had uh done right by the public and i think the trumps have been much more this is our business so it took me a long time to wrap my head around them how so like in a sense wrap your head around it how so because it was so different from from the prior people that you studied or or somehow else I think it's, you know, really different. And I think a lot of it has to do with Melania not being raised in this country. Mm-hmm. I think that she had a different sense of um, what a leader is and um, maybe a sort of a more authoritarian view of, of how someone could conduct themselves. And I think um, that's what I've seen with the, the Trump partnership. And it's very interesting, too, because there's a lot of stuff that I think goes on that, um, you know, media, all you folk in the media, no, media, like, I think it portrays it differently, or we absorb it differently, um, because, you know, people were, like, talking negatively about her for not just immediately picking up her son and moving into the White House, right? And she had to take all this time to renegotiate her prenuptial agreement. That's intelligence, damn it. Like that, you know what I mean? Like that's really, really, that's to me, that's a very strong individual that I can stand my ground, not be forced to, to move into the White House, not be forced to subject to your public stuff that you decided to get into, right? You decided that. I'm sure there was no conversation like, hey, hey, hon, yeah, let's, you can run for president. I'm sure there was none of that, right? I'm sure it was a decision he made unilaterally and she stuck living with it. You know, and I don't mean that in a positive or negative way. She's just forced with the ramifications of someone entering public office without, you know, probably having any input. And yet she had the strength and wherewithal to be like, actually, I'm not going to just go move into this White House. We're going to renegotiate this prenup because if you're telling me this is the black and white letter of what we stand by, then it's not here. Right. She's been very protective of her son. Um, yeah, I think she... Um People I've talked to have said that she encouraged him to run when they were still dating. She was um, he had a third party candidacy. And um, I think she always said, OK, that's Donald's realm. I mean, she said this in, in interviews as well. My realm is the home. And but then when you become first lady, all of a sudden, I think you have a lot more leverage in terms of well, he needs me now, right? He, he can't just go there by himself. And it, it would look very bad if Melania and Barron stayed in, in New York and just uh, didn't ever go to Washington. So I think she did have more um, leverage to re- renegotiate that prenup and it was smart. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, I mean, he can't just go off and get divorced either because his whole his whole political basis is, you know, the Republican, the Christian, the marriage, the whole thing. So, yeah, that wouldn't be so good for some of his voting public. <laughs> yeah, very interesting. So, so again, like what's kind of next on So we have the chapter. We have a chapter about Donald and Melania. Um, is there anything else just on the horizon for you and Michaud, like uh, beyond outside of the Wall Street Journal or anything else that, that we should know about that you want to let us know about? Well, that's really it for now. I am looking at um, at other topics. I haven't really settled on anything yet. Okay. So I finished the um, the Trump chapter in August, so I'm sort of taking a, a few months to take a deep breath. Yes, good for you. And so now when is this going to come out? So is this going to be a, a second edition to this or is this, how is this? Okay, so it's going to be a second edition. Yeah, we're going to fold it into the current book and I'll, I'll do some rewriting, I think. I know, I don't know. I think um, most writers look at their stuff afterwards and think, oh, I could have done that better. So I'll be doing some of that. Okay, and do you know when it's coming out? We'll let the audience know like when it's going to come out. Do you know? Do you have I think February. February. Okay, awesome. All right, so guys, everybody listening, we will have the the link to Anne's personal website uh, or professional website, however you want to talk about that. Um, and so when it does come out, it will be there. It is currently out. Just know that what we talked about previously is the original book, and she's just simply adding a chapter to it. Um, sort of post-production there and that should happen in February so I will have that up for for you guys to look at so you can buy the original book as it is or if you want to take a look and wait um, for the February edition uh, totally up to you so and if there's anything you wanted to leave our audience with what would that be well I think one thing that we don't often give enough credit to is how much these women who are in these marriages want to protect their children and think that they um, are doing the best thing by them by staying in the marriage. I think that was one really, um, I found a lot of admirable traits in the women. And this is one uh, that I could really relate to as a mother. uh, the Profumo couple I talked about, um, they kept newspapers out of their son's boarding school until he was 12. He changed schools and and somebody confronted him with the scandal that his father had had to resign from Parliament over. And, um, you know, he was like, what is this? <laughs> and he's since written a book about it, um, David Profumo, which is very good. Um and I think you see that, you know, again and again is, for example, the Clintons are criticized over many things, but not their role as parents. I mean, I think they've been wonderful parents. So it's it's complicated. You know, these people's lives aren't one dimensional by any means. And I just thought that layering over the political um, calculations of, of whether can he get, you know, um, elected again without me, that sort of thing is, is where I tried to um, draw a distinct distinction between average or private, private people like me and, um, and the people who are in public life. Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, Anne, for joining us today. Uh, It's been a real pleasure. Thank you, Kirsten. Yeah.
And guys, we will have all the links down. You can reach Anne Michaud either in her LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, and we'll, of course, have her website down there so that you can get in contact any way you want. Um, and Anne, I wish you the best of luck with the second edition coming out. Thank you. Good luck to you too. So that is it for this week. Thank you for joining me. And I hope that you enjoyed today's show. If so, don't forget to rate it. If you guys have a pressing question, feel free to tweet me at CS Thrive uh, or on Instagram at Thrive Tribe 3.14159. Again, I know that's a weird one. It's just pi. So it's three, it's Thrive underscore Tribe underscore 3.14159. Um, or of course you can join me in Facebook at my free group, which is Thrive Tribe Global. If you just search groups and you enter in Thrive Tribe Global, you should see us there. Um, and you can join it for free. Uh, I answer your questions in there, but if you guys send me a question through there, I will be sure to answer it here on this podcast. And as always, if you're ever interested in advertising on the show, please contact the Believe Network at Believe, B-L-E-A-V, at Believe.com. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.